Hey, everybody, if you're listening right now, if Cam decides not to edit this out, welcome back. Uh, we're both feeling a little rusty, like mm. a trombone that's been sitting in a damp basement for about three months. Or a rented saxophone. Or a that... rented saxophone that Cam just got, because apparently, ladies and gentlemen, if you didn't know this about the sultry-voiced post-punk king of Los Angeles, Mr. Cameron Demetric, motherfucker also rips some brass. Uh, it's a woodwind, uh, the saxophone. Oh, sorry. <laughs> It's what are you talking? I'm looking. It's brass. I mean, that's the weird thing about the saxophone. It's a woodwind instrument, but it's made of brass. Well, isn't don't you call all horns brass? I just thought that was except the saxophone. Shut up. Yeah, it's part of the woodwind family. Are you being, it really? Are yeah. you fucking with me right now? No, it's like it's like a clarinet or an oboe or any of that. Saxophone's part of that family. It's more of that than a trumpet. What? Yeah. I know it's shocking, but obviously you can tell I'm a pro sax player because yeah, I know because all this you know it's a woodwind. It. It's wild. I'm learning all this new stuff about sax that I used to know because I played it in high school. Now uh, you're just a sax that I used to know. Yes, just like that. Just like that. You right? kind of look like that guy. What's his name? What? Yeah. I, I look like Gautier. Yeah, that's a compliment, <laughs> right? He's a good-looking guy. Thanks, dude. Is he French? I, I think, think he's, he's us. No, that's is he Australian? He I might don't know. Be. Who knows? He only had one song, so who cares? Gautier <laughs> sounds French to me, yeah. but he could be Australian. But naming your project French style stuff is also sounds trendy. like an Aussie thing to do. Yeah. Um, and as far as you're talking about you here, I don't feel good about the overly verbose co-host of the Goat Parade. Why? Because it, it doesn't describe you enough. Because <laughs> I have to be, it has to be more verbose. No, just no. I don't like the co-host of the Goat Parade. That tells me nothing about you. Overly verbose. Now we're going somewhere. Okay, but overly verbose, southern tinged, Coachella, Coachella, <laughs> Coachella baby, Coach, Coachella veteran. Because <laughs> he has played Coachella. What time Coachella. was that? Like eleven p.m. main stage. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't main stage. It was the Gobi stage, and it was at twelve forty-five p.m. Still, that's a coach. Coachella veteran. Dude, it so was the my first overly slot. verbose Southern Tin first slot Coachella veteran. That's too much. And also, I don't want to be that one musician that played Coachella that one time because that haunts me. Actually, whenever. At least you played Coachella. Sure, but whenever I see. Coachella is our... not the kind of thing that it's like, oh, it's not like getting a free residency. Coachella, you work for. So Shh. don't be proud of that 1245 okay, slot. Okay, I get that, but also. You when... know who plays the 1245 slot? The Killers. I saw that set actually. You know, the, the, like, don't ever be down about. I no saw person. that set by the Killers in 2004. I also saw a Phoenix 12:45 p.m. set See, at Coachella one year. Um, but hold on. On that note, I don't want to again be relegated to simply the dude who played Coachella once. And I'll tell you why. Because every time I see our friends, like especially on set recently working some commercial PA gigs, yeah, I see musician friends because that's where good musicians go to die they go to work pa gigs on set right yep. now um and every time like just unfailingly me and our friends are standing around talking about the glory days which we might get into episode two of season Ooh. three but the, it always brings up uh they, or they always bring up like oh this is so and so they just got a record deal they release great music in L.A. Oh, and this is Al. He played Coachella once. <laughs> 
season three here. The return. The return. Mm-hmm. Um, after what feels like years of Yes, absence. it's been a couple months uh, that we took off. Uh, two exactly. Two exactly. Our last, yeah. our last episode was right at the tail end of 2020. It's now March. God damn. And a lot has happened. Since a lot is, oh my God, so much Bruce Springsteen press oh, that we haven't wow. been able to talk about. We haven't been able pod. to unpack any of that. <laughs> Where do we even start? We're going to have His to. His not DUI or, yeah, or the it, com- Super Bowl commercial? Or, or the reunited States of America? Or the podcast. Or, that, the po- you know, or him and Obama. Com- he's a competing podcaster with her. We didn't see Holy that coming shit. We by the time no season idea. two ended. Pod Braska had no idea that was coming. Wow. Um, yeah, we're going to have to talk a lot about that. We're going to have to talk a lot about what's happened over the past couple months with us. We're going to have to talk about what you're doing musically, what I'm doing musically, what everyone else is doing musically or not at all doing musically. There's so much. We got a lot to cover. Got no time to, cover. to do it. No time to do it. And actually, today we're doing something special. And for the listener who wants to stay with us for another season, we're going to be mixing things up quite a bit this season, I yes. believe. Mixing things up right here with a mixtape, the mixtape. The return mixtape, if the you return. will. The return, yes. Every episode of season three, The Return, will be titled like Seinfeld episodes, mm. The Something. Okay. So this 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 episode is The Mixtape. I like it. Yeah. And go ahead and tell the listener what we did for them today. Well, we decided instead of one of the lists that we do, which you know are fun, but we couldn't really decide on anything gripping to start, and there wasn't enough new music yet here in 2021 for us to do a whole bunch of goat-worthy only. I decided, let's just make our listeners a mixtape, each of us. Ten songs, you know, just like high-fidelity style. You sit there and you figure out a mixtape. Not really for any purpose. Not really, it's not leaning one way or another, or at least, you know, there's no rules to it. I didn't give you any rules, did I? No, no rules. And I think it's best that we talk about this mixtape in the sense that there's no theme. For this, this is like the on board mixtape. Yes. This is like, you know, the Thursday evening on your couch, no plans, kind of just want to flex some muscles of creativity. Right. And right. you're like, you're probably wondering if you're listening, well, why would I listen to that mixtape instead of just making my own? And the answer is because we have better taste in music. Imp- impeccable taste. We have impeccable taste. Mm-hmm. So us doing this is a big deal. It's a big deal. And you're going to learn a lot today, y'all. <laughs> yeah. You're going to learn a lot, not only about how to make the best mixtape, but you're still going to continue to learn about Cam and I as if you didn't already know enough about us. It'll confirm some things about each of mm-hmm. us. You'll learn a little mm-hmm. you might be surprised you might be scared 40 minutes a piece actually and did you see it exactly each exactly of ours 40 are exactly minutes. 40 there's so many parallels that will we'll there's a lot of parallels about yeah. our mixtapes that are very very interesting uh just to start off the bat we both open our mixtape with track ones off their respective album true from albums from around the turn of the century around the same time but couldn't be more different no as you would artists. never put them on <laughs> the same mixtape no definitely not or you might <laughs> You might. You might. They wouldn't be next to each other. You have impeccable taste. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I believe that. But to continue that thought, Cam and I are easing back into this, and we're actually going to give you a little gift today. We're going to talk less than we usually do, and we're going to focus or put the focal point on these mixtapes because, again, we're trying something new. We're going to play each of our mixtapes in full on this podcast, uninterrupted. So... But let's talk a little new music. Sure. Because we are right. I mean, it is March. There has been a surprising amount of releases that 
are all over the place. You sent me even a couple last night. Oh, yeah, and I was so stoked. Okay, let's just start there. You you immediately fell in love with Black Country New Road. Absolutely. Uh, like, uh, I, I, I can't tell you how immediate my affection for I this love group that. was. I love that for you. Well, <laughs> so there's this, guys, there's this new band out there that, are they controversial? Um, or are they just on who, polarizing? They're, they're just they're they're polarizing in the way that a lot of people are are basically being like I like some parts and some parts drive me crazy. I think those parts that drive you crazy are there intentionally, right? Yeah, and that's that's what I've noticed from listening to them because at first I hated them. Right. Um, ben Haywood showed me one song that I showed you last night. I hated it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, turn this song off. Yeah. It's ten minutes long. When you sent me the song last night, you sent me the disclaimer like, hey, Ben sent me the song. I hate it. What do you think about it? So. Me being close to you, I'm like, I'm on cam side. I hate this shit. And then I put it on. I'm like, wow. I, I watched really you turn like in real time. Yeah. It was amazing. You're like, well, what about this part? That's incredible. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> and I was listening to, and I have been listening to it more because I, I've been getting it more chance because the quietest, you know, post punks UK right. really said it was like they're like the best band in the world right now. But well, they're, they're they're known for their bold sayings and. You know, it's just that they're kind of bulletproof because they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And they're self-aware. They even call themselves in their lyrics the world's second best slint cover band. Which is (laughs) so appropriate because they have so many tendencies of that type of weird post-hardcore sludgy pseudo-metal, uh, overly self-aware, experimental indie type of thing. I know. It's weird because I'm a post-punk guy. I'm a lyrics yeah. guy, but I don't like when he does like slam poetry type. I fucking like, love it. Oh my God, I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. You're talking to LA's shittiest poet right now. So oh, Okay, I should have said this band to you earlier. I should have known. The audience is you. Yeah, no, I am the demographic. The overly and verbose, southern-tinged Coachella yeah. veteran. <laughs> So, guys, the band we're talking about right now is called Black Country, comma, New Road. And, and the their, song their that, first album is called For the First Time. And the song that Cam hates is called Sunglasses. So go listen to that song and let us know how you feel about it. And the song I love on that album is called Track X. And it's incredible. To, incredible I think there's only to. six songs on the album because they're all like 10 minutes long. But yeah. Um, that's a totally different spin on their style. Love that. Um, yeah. Again, as I told you last night, incredibly heavy, broken social scene vibes on track. On X. track, yeah, yes. where nowhere else because of the orchestration <laughs> involved to it, and a yeah, lot and the of horns the, like and, exactly yeah. a lot of the ethereal type of like uh, symphonic kind of undertones right. of that particular tune. I was even telling you on that song, it, it, it makes me feel like where I wish like the National would have went after their peak years, like right. if they would have went a little bit more like jazz experimental right. instead of like yeah. arena dad rock. Um, <laughs> they really did go arena dad rock. Uh, another artist I wanted to bring up um, with you that uh, I think we both listened to is Yasmin Williams. Oh, yeah. Um, she's like a guitar virtuoso. Thank you for sending me that because that has uh, infiltrated and filled a lot of my early morning coffees. Me too. Uh, her album, Urban Driftwood. And and there's another act called Adeline Hotel that has a very similar vibe that just had an album out. And it's making me wonder, is this like comfy guitar music like a reaction to like late pandemic sure. lifestyle? Like also, instead of like punks getting better because everybody's mad, it's like, <laughs> right, yeah. it's like chill guitar music is in the mainstream because we need something to just 
chill too. <laughs> well, I do think that that was a lot of the popularity of Adrian Linker's totally. record last year. It was because um, she even said, you know, like we were talking about, she wanted to make an album that sounded like being inside it. An, an acoustic, acoustic guitar, guitar. Which right. just Yasmin Williams' album definitely sounds like. I mean, For sure. And I've watched her live. I don't know if you you saw, I think I sent you I a did video. watch that video, she, yeah. She plays like with the guitar on her lap, just like in an open tuning. I don't know how she does it. It's, it's almost incredible. kind of slack key. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I sent uh, it to Colin, a friend of ours from Hawaii. From Hawaii. He, and he's, he's like, he's Ohana. As, yeah, he was Aloha. Like, <laughs> he was digging it because he was like, this is like slack key. Yeah. He's like living that to kind life yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do think that that's a beautiful thing too. I mean, I'm a huge Nick Drake fan and yeah. especially like Pink Moon. You know what I mean? Which is one of the most beautiful acoustic guitar records of all time. Only, it's really only acoustic because he didn't finish it before he killed himself. But, um, a lot of this stuff that we're talking about right now that's growing in popularity kind of reminds me of that. Right. Just like really kind of short, beautiful finger-picking orchestrations that are aware and poetic and involved with the present time. Yeah. Which is a nice thing to have right now. Definitely. Uh, also, my favorite album that I've heard all year so far, and you know I was going to talk about this, is Wild Pink's a billion little lights that's all you've been listening to it's true i've been listening to it more than any album uh in a long time which is really exciting yeah uh, just to fall in love with an album absolutely um, from start to finish and like spend time with it you yeah know? like find the growers find your favorite lyrics you know um and and this album's um on the nose i will say right off the bat like it, it's it's heartland americana indie rock you know like um kind of i mean obviously there's the war on drugs comparison the way it sounds it's very sounds reverb. a hell of a lot more exciting than war on drugs well i mean that's that's depends on the listener i guess because uh, like i'm not some a war people on would drugs say that's guy more, yeah i i'd like war on drugs but i like this guy's songwriting more because i'm yeah. more of a pacific north because he's like actually writing songs the yeah, war on drugs guy is like breeze ocean love oh yeah like it's Woo! yeah it's i can't I, I we shouldn't even start that yeah i mean like that's the big difference is like i don't know a single war on drugs lyric right and this, because they're this all album, interchangeable this album a billion little lights a lot of it is about the lyrics yeah and it's it's really yeah like heartland americana music it's he hired instead of doing it all himself he hired a bunch of session musicians and got david greenbaum to produce it who, oh cool who's killing it right now yeah, just did he, all the doing a stuff lot. did some yeah. gorilla stuff like right. he's somewhat new but he's he's just crushing it yeah um so it just sounds incredible it sounds unfuckwithable to be honest right like, it does this is an indie rock record that sounds perfect like when a hi-hat sounds perfect on indie rock record yep. i'm sold i'm sold too and this hi-hat's is, one of the most important pieces of the kit to yeah. be mixed that and way this album like the track three the shining but tropical has a perfect like open hat even yeah like, and you're like oh fuck and that's a you. difficult tone to get that is the hardest thing to get. <laughs> right <laughs> Usually an open hat on a recording just sounds like one of those little toy monkeys that you wind up and they clang the cymbals together. Yeah. That's what that shit sounds like. <laughs> and I sent you one of their tracks. I said, like, this is how you do a track four. It's right. One of my favorite on their Almalfi. And I'll announce to the listeners here, one of the lists I want to do this season in the return is the track four. Track four is a really difficult track. And yeah. and just to just to preview it, we did the track eights. We did the track. That was our first episode? Yes. That was our first episode. But yeah. even today in our mixtape, we'll see our track fours are very interesting. Track four Definitely. is, in my opinion, the, the, the track in an album 
that makes you decide whether or not you're going to finish it. Yeah, that makes sense. Usually, you know. Because your three, I mean, conventionally speaking, the three is usually your single slot. Yeah. Like three or five I can can't be reserved I can't tell you how singles. many albums I've heard track one through three. But Me too. Yeah. You hit four, and if four doesn't do what it should do. You're turning it off. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's going to be a very interesting future list. I like track four. Yeah. yeah. We, I, is, will that episode just be called The Track Four? The Track Four. The Track Four. Let's get talking about the mixtape. I think we Let's should. Let's talk about yeah. the mixtape. Hey, <laughs> I'm mixtaping over here. Exactly. Uh, we have this sample, of course, from High Fidelity, which explains the, the outline. And we should listen to that right now. Yeah. In the making of a great compilation tape, light breaking up is hard to do and takes ages longer than it might seem. You gotta kick it off with a killer to grab attention. Then you gotta take it up a notch, but you don't wanna blow your wad. So then you gotta cool it off a notch. There are a lot of rules. So a lot of kids grow up wanting to be astronauts, doctors, dentists, lawyers, you know, like real things in life. Mm-hmm. But you and I grew up wanting to be John Cusack in High Fidelity. <laughs> so why don't you go ahead and walk us through what we just heard right now? Because Which, there are some really good rules and parameters for the mixtape. Disclaimer, I recently, because I was thinking about this, me and the wife watched High Fidelity, I'd say three weeks ago. And I hadn't seen it in years. And it's so much weirder now that I'm in, as you'd say, my, what, like my 50s? Your late my, 40s. <laughs> yeah, my almost mid 50s. 30s. Yeah. I'm just like, fuck this guy. Yeah, you're a piece this of garbage. This guy sucks. You whine, you have... This guy does nothing for anyone and expects right. the world. Also like, does nothing to correct his own problems of no. the past. And all his problems are directly related to stupid shit he did. Right, and how many people he hurt. The and worst co- part of the movie is that she gets back with him. Yeah, why did she do he that? He doesn't deserve her at all. No, he hasn't learned anything. She's gorgeous. She's she was smart. even kind of a dick at her dad's funeral. Yeah, he was a super dick at the funeral. What the hell, yeah. dude? Also, Suck he was just a, he was a DJ who owned a record store. Like, <laughs> get the fuck over yourself. Yeah, and definitely not the guy that you looked up to when you were. I don't know. I don't know. You and Maybe I. The idea at, of a cool dude has even changed. See, you know? thing, oh yeah, no, things have changed for us because back then when we would watch High Fidelity, you're like, oh my god, this guy's got the life. Like he has beautiful women and his life he's he runs a record store like he's known around town he's got a killer apartment with a bunch of wax in it like yeah. he you, clearly saw that ladybug transistor of montreal show of course he Shubas, did. which yeah. looked awesome right <laughs> yeah he's got good taste he's got two he's got two nice nice one that was good dude that was really good that was deep um he's got two employees who you know, have some oh, entertaining taste. for days. So entertaining, decent taste in music. One of them loves Bell and Sebastian, so I'm with that guy all the time in his heart. Right. Um, See, I don't know if I feel like if I was that character, I both those employees, those like those are like you, both of them. You know, at for sure. Times. Like, yes. Sometimes you're Jack Black, and sometimes you're the other. Guy. So you can be John Cusack, and I'll just be both the employees. That's kind of how I've always thought of it. Oh, I like this. <laughs> now we finally figured out how we work well together. <laughs> right. I, I think you just learn later in your life that being in love with your own misery is not as glorifying as it is right. on screen. And, and you're just hurting the people around you needlessly. Right, by being so self-centered <laughs> yeah. and you know uh, maniacal in your egotism. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we're doing a thing based around a thing that we now just don't like at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not true. The mixtape is still a, a beautiful thing to do, even if it's for no reason. We're going to play mine. In its entirety. Of course. And I'm not going to tell you exactly what's on it. I'm just going to kind of go through 
what I did. Yeah, we need to enjoy it. The listener needs to enjoy it. I and wanted we'll to talk start it off. First thing that went in my head was the only thing was the song I was gonna op- that I'm opening with. I, w- I knew it immediately. It was the only thing that was immediate. And I feel like it's kind of because of the first stanza of the song lyrically kind of feels like it relates to this year. Not even 2020, 2021. Right. Um, that's all I'll say about that one. Okay. I feel like I followed the rules good into track two, you know, keep it going. Why don't you go over the rules real quick? Well, those rules that... The fidelity rules. That the fidelity's just... rule, he says, start with a killer right. to grab attention, right. which I feel like you do. Of course. Then you got to kick it up a notch. Okay. And I don't feel like I necessarily kicked it up a notch, no. but I kept the mood yes. going. Yes, neither you or I did not kick it up a notch. We kept the mood going. I think we we know better because I we both did kick it up a notch probably on the track three. Oh, yeah, definitely. Which he says, then you got to... Uh, you don't want to blow your wad, so you got to cool it down. On notch. track three? But he doesn't say on track three. He just says in general. Okay. So I feel like we do that more on track four. We, we do that later on in cool the playlist. Down. And that's a really important thing to have. And not only just in a mixtape. I think these mixtape rules bleed over into album track listing and also set lists for shows as a group. 100%. Like how many arguments have you had with your bandmates over the years about set lists? Like it's going to matter at all. <clears throat> to the 10 people that are yeah. in the room. And yeah. you're also arguing about like what, what you're going to play sixth. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. like right. who the fuck cares? No, that that's the beer getting song. Yeah, exactly. yeah for sure. Yeah, no matter what you But play, it is really in. important. You want to start off with a bang. You want to keep some momentum going. Then you want to afford time for a little bit of retrospection right then you want to give them another taste of some energy yeah i some wanted to make sure there energy. was something that really felt like it was side b now right like, you know separate the ace the first five songs right. from the second five mm-hmm. and you know get it it gets weird for a little bit in side b you know like let it get strange and a little bit scary and right. then cool it off cool again. it down yeah give you you need the breather you actually need a beer getting yeah. song in your set and then you hit them with the prince track which exactly. i do penultimately which, you, which oh my god yeah for me on a mixtape i feel like i always have to have a prince song yeah no that makes sense there's just too many good ones to not include them on it's a impossible it's yeah. impossible to even pick just one i know we're going to do another band focused episode a band that changed our lives definitive definitive list, list. Um, modest mouse modest mouse and who knows when that'll be coming up this season but we haven't even be. figured out the parameters yet but, we haven't but, but we're going to yes. and on that note maybe like come season seven we should do a prince one or maybe the whole season is about prince yeah i mean i could do a lot about i mean just eight ranking 80s prince albums yeah could, could be an incredible oh my god I mean, you're a 90s Prince guy, though. You've I'm told kind, me that. I am a 90s Prince guy. Also, so like, weird. Love Symbol. <laughs> Love Symbol's my favorite record. I think wow. minus the Batman soundtrack. Right. Um. So, yeah. We're going to... Okay, yeah. you're purely 90s Purely Prince. 90s Prince. That's the yeah. weirdest thing. It is a little strange. It. <laughs> it is a little weird. Okay, so, and then in my last song that I end with is something, you know, that I've loved for a long time that, like, lyrically sits with me. Right. And that's pretty much the vibe I'm going for. Um, I think it's a beautiful playlist. Spent a lot of time on it. Let's kick it off. Put this on. Light up a joint if you smoke weed. Um, and uh, enjoy it. And then we'll talk about it and we'll, we'll listen to Al's. Hell yeah.
Lots of pornos, tricks with fixing skin and Every trick's a no stash and onslaught And every city's flooded with cocaine Fuck a broken backbone You're wasted on this side Did you want to belong This ain't no place for a sightseer Looking for promotion Medicate a problem and dump it in the ocean Nurse onto these crutches for my sake Yeah, grievances runs within the family Yourself in the stressor Every man is someone's successor
tapes on the floor Some songs you can't afford to play When we came here today All I wanted to say Is how much I miss you
Damn, that was incredible. Did everybody enjoy that? That was um, an entire mixtape. 40 I, minutes of your I life. I feel so bad because your mixtape is so much more articulate. No, don't do that. And breezy than mine. No. And also, you start out really strong. You start out with three of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, the, the, it feel, feels like a strong start. It's an incredibly strong start. It doesn't falter. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's just that you gave us three heavy hitters up front to keep us like, invested. Yeah, and, and that's uh, important. That was track one, of course, Built to Spill, The Plan. The Plan is so great. The Plan keeps coming up again. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, like I said... 2021 track. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Plan won't accomplish anything if the plan is not implemented. Right. <laughs> that's like, that's the that's the main takeaway of that song. And that feels like, you know, the 2021 for now, it's like everybody sit tight. Let's get these shots in everybody's arm. Oh, we're almost there. Yeah. We're almost there. Yes. So uh, that one felt good. I love the way that song kicks in with Me that too. Bi- big old open chord. And just like it couldn't be anything but Built to Spill. Honestly, that is one of my favorite Built to Spill songs. I celebrate their whole catalog, but yeah. that's still one of my favorites. It's probably my favorite album opener of theirs. Definitely. Um, so once you get through that, you get into the horrors. Still life. Still life at the two slot means something. And I'm not quite sure what it means yet, but I'm thinking about it. And I'm I gonna, love that you know that song. I was I'm gonna, curious if you knew that song. Uh, that, uh, honestly, I had Still Life on my mixtape too. You, but so you I took told it, me that, which is very interesting. I did not know you were a Horrors fan. Massive Horrors fan. Love I have that. been for a long time. And this record, Skying, oh, yeah. doesn't really sound like a lot of their other discography. None of them do. Though. None of them hold a consistent sound. They, they move all over the place that's very sometimes true. they're very industrial sometimes it's more like very industrial synth, like dreamy the, stuff. oh speaking of new tunes they just put out lout yes. which is a new single by them the, they're, they're listen to lout by out. the whores it's incredible but the still life by the whores track two on yours shows up on almost all of my mixtapes ever because it's the perfect mixtape song it does it, it has that like airy synth intro which makes it really easy, easy for the crossfade cr- crossfade mm-hmm. I mean, just the way it comes in. You like the song before it starts. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those songs. Mm-hmm. So and it's the, an easy win. And then you get the croon when he comes in vocally with the Ugh. croon. You're like, holy shit, this is doing something Why to isn't me. that band massive? They kind of are. Maybe it's just one of those bands that never broke in America. I think they have a real dedicated following. They do. Because I've seen them a couple times and it's been sold out and people have been going fucking but Rave. okay, pre-pandemic times, like where do the horrors play when they come to uh, Los they Angeles? They play like a twenty-five, three thousand cap. So do the do you think that it's bigger in Fonda, like Wiltern? No, they'll play. I've seen them play the Wiltern, and I've seen them play the Fonda. I've also okay. seen them play like. But uh, they're not Regent. playing. They're not playing Greek theater. No, they're not playing Greek. See, that's a bummer. They should be. They should definitely be because they deserve it, big time. And then track three, we might track as well talk three. about this for a second. Yeah. I had to put a Daft Punk song on the mixtape. Yeah. You know, um, Daft Punk broke up this year, uh, which is interesting because they haven't done a damn thing in eight years. Well, they haven't played live <laughs> in fourteen years, and they haven't put out a record in uh, eight, yet yeah. in eight years. So, so very strange. I guess move. we could have seen that coming. Seems financially motivated. Am I wrong? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if this is another fucking LCD sound system See, fake breakup thing, that. are you sure? I mean. Daft Punk can charge whatever they want. It's not like they need to break up to get like a bigger paycheck. No, you're right. They don't. You know, it's so, I don't know. Maybe it's like a way to cut out 
you know, so like they can go off on solo ventures. Either. I would imagine I so, because as Daft Punk, how annoyed are you your entire career? Because they only put out, what, four records? Yeah. Is it four studio records? Maybe they did it so all of us could have peace at future Coachellas, so bros aren't <laughs> next to us being like, dude, I heard Daft Punk's going to come Punk's out. Dude, Daft Punk's going to be the secret Daft headliner. Daft Punk's going <laughs> to come out with Travis Barker right that's, now. That's really funny because that's so true. Dude. Every year, festival Every lineups year. are always like, is it Daft Punk? Is Daft Punk dude, coming back? That year, Phoenix headline. I had bros surrounding me being like, dude, come on. Daft Punk's going to show up any minute. <laughs> well, just because like, they're French? Yeah, just because <laughs> they're French. And like one guy in Phoenix used to be in a project with the guy. Like Daft Punk spends millions on their stage show. They're not just yeah, going to come not gonna out show and just up. like, yeah. just the pyramid's not going to slide on stage. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> and I just feel lucky that I saw them three times in 2007 on the yeah, live tour. I saw them twice. I saw them at Coachella 2006. Yeah, I, was, I did too. I can't believe I mean, that's why we have a podcast because me and you were both we're there. That's why we have this immaculate taste. Exactly. We were at we were at the pyramid show. show yes, dude. We that people are envious show. of. And if you question our taste, now you know we were both at Daft Punk Coachella 2006. So you yeah, can't really fuck with our yeah, shit. That you can't at all. We're untouchable. 2007 was a sports arena. That's right. And that's where I saw him. I also saw him at Vegas, which oh. was a short-lived festival. I remember in Vegas. Vegas and it was a fucking blast. Oh, I bet. Uh, out of all three of those shows, the Coachella set was the oh best yeah, show. Coachella was life was life changing. It was, was life altering. Nasty. In every way. It was so nasty. But Digital Love, it's one of the best ones off Discovery. It's of one course. of the best songs, and it's a it's also a track three. It on is Discovery. a track three. It's yeah. just a perfect track three. It was almost cheating in my it opinion is a, yeah, to, to a pop that bit. on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whatever. You were keeping the energy. I wouldn't going. have done it if they didn't break up. You know, it was right. like you know. It's deserved. And you and I both have a French connection on our playlist, too, which is good. Both of our playlists are all over the world, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. There's no multicultural con- consistency. Yeah. Like So far on mine, we've been to Boise, we've been England, to UK. and France. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bo- Boise. Exotic Boise, Idaho. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lovely this time of year. And now we're going to Ireland. Next track four was Lilla Vargan's cover of Downtown. Heartbreaking. Oh, gorgeous cover i mean the magical clouds version of this their their original already is one of my favorite songs and this cover might be better um i haven't heard the original i was never a huge magical clouds guy i can't believe that now it sounds like a band you would have loved i see maybe i have to go back and listen to them again i don't know i just feel like they have that introspective like for sure i don't know but this was my favorite song of theirs for sure it has a I saw it first in a really weird placement on this show called the OA. Oh uh, my God. <laughs> what season of the OA? First season. Okay, so I fucked with the first season. Uh-huh. And Do you remember when like they first started like in their cages? Like they started their learning blood, the dance. Their blood, like that one person got killed and then their blood like regenerated. Oh my and God, that show that, was this so This song stupid. was playing during that. How did we watch that entire season of that fucking garbage? I liked the first season, but I, I just didn't You liked didn't the continue. first season because it was okay, not because it was great. Dude, that's, the, that's some of the most young adult shit I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. It's funny, that show's just as polarizing as anything that we talk also, about musically. Also, the ending, like, where they all okay, do the yeah, dance. Yeah, I, do. If you guys haven't watched the first season of the OA... Watch Some people it. love it. People are religious about that show. I know, but the second season is awful. I didn't. I didn't get so through the first bad. episode of the second okay. season. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I can't believe that was on that show. The original, yeah. This cover is gorgeous. It's and really. It reminds haunting. me of what we were talking about outside. Um, I heard it. I was. I was on a gig, and and one of the COVID compliance bros, the had, CCOs, <laughs> yeah, yep. had his uh, his Bluetooth out. You know, his little Bluetooth speaker, and he was playing stuff and. 
he's playing this cover. And I'm just like, man, what is this? So I shazam it. I'm not going to ask him. You know, no. I'm a grown man. Yeah, right. <laughs> you don't ask for directions. Yeah. And I'm like, Lilith Vargan. Wow. This is beautiful. And, and you know, I see it's from 2018, so it was pretty recent. And I just wanted to get his take on it. You know, I, I wanted to see if he knew it was even a fucking cover. Right. <laughs> so I was like, hey, man, I really like this cover. And all he said to me, and I've noticed this from younger kids these days. Oh, I was, can't wait for this. Was thank you. Oh, wait, hold on. He said thank you? He said thank you to me telling him that uh, uh, he played a song I like. And I, that's not the first time I've heard this. I've heard <laughs> what? younger DJ types, if you're like, yo, I like this track, so they'll go, thank you. Like, and then it rubs me the wrong way because I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not. You didn't do. You didn't do anything. Right. You didn't do anything. And the only reason I'm saying, hey, I like this track is for you to tell me what the fucking track is. No. Yeah. The the correct response is like, right. Or like, you know, the high fidelity. I know. Like, right. yeah. even that's better. Even, I know is even still super egotistical, but, but better, better than, than thank, thank you. you. You didn't write this. Fuck. God, I hate DJs. Uh, uh, this Vargan track, though. I listened to our deadline for sending each other our mixtapes was last night at 6 p.m. So yeah. I was making dinner, which for a bachelor in Los Angeles living alone in a shitty apartment in a 12-unit complex in Highland Park is just eggs, just mm. over easy eggs. I that's what I, I that's that. what I eat for breakfast and dinner because I'm a fucking garbage human being. They deliver every time. It's yeah, of course they do, especially when they're a little runny. Oh, big time. Uh, yeah, and just like perfectly Getting seared English on muffin each side. Cooked up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I was listening to this as I was cooking eggs alone and it fucking ripped my heart out. Yeah. Um, so thank you for doing that. To me. <laughs> I like that picture. I'll think about that next time. Let's do it. <laughs> and then I turned it into a, like, I had to go a little Philly hip hop with Tierra wax clones. Is that Philly? Yes. It sounds Philly. I was yeah. going to say it sounds she's, Northeast corner. She's killing it. She's been dropping singles over the last couple of years and just, crushing it i'm glad you're putting some newer and or relevant stuff in your tape because i did not do that yeah i, I felt i don't know i just and, and that brings me up to the beginning of side b i snuck a new song from this year in there oh as, this is as your, a goat worthy oh this is your goat worthy <laughs> with ice age vendetta their uh, their new single and it's just too cool for school it rips um, this is the first time I've ever listened to an Ice Age tune after years of seeing them, you know, lauded yeah. all over the place. And the only reason I never listened to a song by them is because I already knew that I liked them. I didn't even have to listen to a song. I feel that. You're like, the name's great. Name's great. They apparently play post-punk. Exactly. Also, great album art. They all look like they're in on the same theme. Right. They all look like they're they're meant to be in a band together. It's almost boy band post punk. It definitely is because they're all kind of handsome in that post punk. The way. lead singer is far too handsome. He's so pretty. He's so good looking. I just want a porcelain figurine of him. <laughs> um, I mean, he's got Sky Ferreira. He's he's you know. Are they just smacking up in some parking she, lot? She leveled somewhere? up from the dive guy. You know? Yeah, of course she did. Well, after they got busted for all that, all those plates of heroin, right? She had to go date. He's from Denmark, yeah, right? They're, Denmark, the Denmark post punk guy. He's safer. So she went from dating a heroin addict to dating a heroin addict where heroin is legal. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I see a lot of correlation between the whores and Ice Age. Sometimes I feel that too. It's yeah. definitely. I was listening to this track and that new Horrors track back-to-back -back a lot on a playlist just because they came out the same week. And it kind of has... It evokes the same thing. It does. It makes me super fucking pumped up, too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so No, that's a great addition, man. Thank you for, for bringing that, and I'm glad I finally listened to a song. And then 
uh, that's where I get really dark on my mixtape is Alex G's Brick. So also the first time I've listened to an Alex G song. Which I'm so bummed that you you like it, right? I love it. Because he doesn't make anything that sounds like that this. That sucks. <laughs> because what this sounds like is like a, like a late millennial Tom Waits who's just irate and he's making noise and screaming in the back of a tile bathroom and just like tracking everything. Somehow that still speaks to Alex G though. I mean, he's a very interesting musician of our time and he he does so much different styles and he's he's just keeps getting better like his album house of sugar in 2019 was my favorite album can i ask you a question and this is a noob question and maybe there's some other noobs out there who has this who have the same question um the only reason is is this alex g the same Alex G that used to go by Sandy Alex G? Yes, he was Alex G. Then he went to Sandy Alex G. And now he dropped the Sandy and he's back to Alex G. Okay, so the only reason I've never listened to... I hate to that I just explained that. Okay. Because, because it's true. I mean, it needs explaining. Right. The only reason I've never listened to an Alex G song hitherto is because... And I've seen, You're annoyed by all that. I'm annoyed by the I, parentheses. I agree. It's annoying. Yes. It's annoying. I'm really annoyed by the whole Sandy Alex G thing. It annoyed me too. It actually turned me off for a while too. I'd say I feel like he even knew it was a misstep. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to get rid of all that. I don't understand it because... And I, apparently this kind of illuminates how temperamental of a music listener I am. Because all I had to see was a name in parentheses for me to be like, I don't like this musician. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to any of their music. It is annoying. It is annoying. It, yeah, his album House of Sugar 2019 actually got me really into him because it was so good I could ignore the name. <laughs> right. <laughs> ignore, ignore like a whole other name in yeah. parentheses. But then I feel like, yeah, he caught on and he was like, you know, I need to cut that. Now he's just Alex G again. So, Well, I'm glad he is. And I'm a little bummed that his entire discog doesn't sound like this because shit is nasty. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. And then I cool it down with. Yeah, you really fucking cool it down. <laughs> With Wilco's red-eyed and blue. Talk about, cool it down is a polite way to say that. Okay, are you going to rip on this song right now? No, I'm not, because what I'm going to say right now is that I fucking hate Wilco, minus Summer Teeth, big Summer Teeth guy. Uh Uh, But this song, I really, really like. And maybe it's because you put it on your mixtape and I'm so in love with you, will they or won't they, continues into season three. (laughs) Um, But this song uh, is, is more... Uh, romantically poignant than a lot of other Tweety stuff that can be really cheeky and it's one of his best songs of all time I think it's really it so you would say that comfortably as a Wilco fan absolutely top okay. three okay cool because I can feel that way about Wilco too and when I was listening to it last night you know you get those fears like oh my god I'm getting older uh-huh. like I listen to the Eagles more now um <laughs> and and I I start to worry about that like yeah. whenever Take It Easy comes on, I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah. And then I stop and I'm like, oh my God, did I just say that? Right. I felt the same way when this Wilco song came on. I even had to look at my the playlist. I'm like, oh, I like this. Who is this? <gasps> it's Wilco. Fuck. So I felt a little awkward about it, but it is a good song and it deserves, oh, I it mean, deserves the, the praise. Three, the way he sings, alcohol. And cotton balls. Oh, yeah. And some drugs we can't afford on the way. And one of the lines that really resonates with me right now is uh, we've got songs we can't afford to play. 
how true is that? You can't afford to record your songs. You can't afford to go on tour and play them. You can't yeah. afford any of the things that happen after writing a song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fun? So that, that I had to have that one fit in there real nice to me. And then I brought it back up with Prince. I could never take the place of your man. This has always been one of my favorite yeah. Prince. Sign of the Times is maybe my favorite Prince album. Really? I, it's one of my favorites. I, I fell in love with it. While touring through Minnesota, in a, it a makes sense. Tour, Jay had a, he was like, we're like, we're in Minnesota, we gotta listen to some Prince, and he's like, put on Sign of the Times, and I'm yeah, like, I don't know that one. It's a and great it just record. Blew my mind. Fucking incredible. I mean, record. you know, there's there's some definite like misfires on that album that are a lot. There of There are misfires on every just, Prince record. Yeah, true, but this one, this one, his misfires are a lot of fun. You know, yeah. it's just like he's oh, yeah. going for it all mm-hmm. over the place. It's you good know. that you brought the energy back up at track nine. Too. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to one last one last hurrah. Always love doing a Prince song. It was really between this and When You Were Mine. Yeah, um, and they're kind of they almost feel like cousin tunes. They do. I've yeah. always felt that. So yeah, um, had to have it. Sorry, it's a long one. That's a six minute. Well, you also you didn't do the radio edit, which no, because you need the guitar solo. You when you're listening to Prince off radio. You don't want the edits because you want to be able to hear everything else he had originally envisioned for the tune. The guitar solo of that is amazing, and then they bring it way down. They bring it way down, and then they yeah. bring it way back up, and right. then it's over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's how Prince works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so sick. I love that song. And then ending with "Diamond Rings," all your songs. His last track on his first album, "Special Affections." Toronto's Diamond Rings. Have you heard of him? Toronto. Yeah. Okay. It sounds Canadian, but no, I've never heard this before. It was really buzzy around 2010. Gotcha. 9, 10. Um, he was like really killing it. Uh, I, don't, I don't think he had more than two albums, but this first one's all just him, synths, drum machine, and guitar, and it's just beautiful Beautiful poetry. Beautiful I really songs. like it. And it's a great way to end the mixtape, too. Yeah. It's a great yeah. way to end his album. If yeah. you haven't heard Special Affections, I, I suggest it. It's a great fucking album. It is a really good ending. And overall, a very strong mixtape at large. That's my mixtape. Let's go ahead and give Cam a round of applause, everybody. All right. Let's let's move right into you, baby. Whew, okay. So I went for, I think overall, I went for Pieces of Me. The Ashley Simpson song? No, which would have been all 10 songs if it was actually left up to me. But uh, I went for pieces of my psyche, bits of my brain, um, things from the past that have been incredibly influential to me. Um, I, I Obviously, there are some really uncomfortable moments in this mixtape. There is a part where one of my favorite songs is the most frustrating thing ever because it just ends abruptly midline. Right. But we'll get to that when we get to it. So sorry, listener, you're about to hear something like really jagged. There's some jagged edges. This thing. There are definitely some jagged edges. I, I didn't go for consistent mood piece as much as I went for, um, the, the frantic, you know, sporadic feeling of my brain, most of the time yeah and this is like i understand that i i have i have questions about one song in particular because i've never heard it i can't wait yeah and and i'm so curious what it means to you and why (laughs) i put it on here um i tried to do a bunch of different genres that really affect me as a person as we're about to find out i think you did too like you put the tierra wax song on there There, there's a there's a lot of that kind of same a lot of correlation feeling but yeah i love the way that this all flows together i tried to keep it as flowy as possible and like you i 
kind of changed some things around, put some songs in, didn't work, you know, take them out, took them out and then like rearranged. And at the, at the end of it, I just thought, fuck it. This is me. This is it. This is what I sound like. I have immaculate taste. I I have immaculate taste. (laughs) I, you cannot argue me on how, uh, knowledgeable. This is the and... only thing we can be confident about. Exactly. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, I'm having a hard time yeah, being we can't, confident we're like, about God, it. God, we're jerks. <laughs> so it's not as maybe transitional as your mixtape is, or as I would usually like my mixtapes to be. I I tend to go overly transitional, to which a is fault. good. The fade ins and fade outs are really important, and you want tunes that have the natural aptitude for that, such as you know the horrors coming in track two on yours where it has the nice little bubbling yes. synth pad feel to it that has some easier uh, transmission ability, if you will. Um, so I don't know. Some of, my, some of this feels really odd. Um, I tried to do Come Out the Gates Hot, Oh, you come out the gates I hot. I come out way hot. It's good. Um, it's, it's like good. It's a lot the, of fun. my number one track sounds like a stripper on Pluto. Like that's the stripper tune on Pluto. That's what you hit the pole to. Um, <laughs> it's a cold pole. It's a cold pole, baby. Um, but yeah, I brought it down in some points and then basically, uh, you know, re-energized the whole thing. And then I did it a little differently than you. I brought it back down again for the last two tunes or on my penultimate tune. I didn't give one last hurrah. I did more of a time but to decompress. Of, um, neither of your track nine or ten, I'd say, were are, are down tempo. You're right. They're yeah. just they're just smooth. They're smooth. If you will. Right. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Which I have some questions about as you well. Know, yeah, Especially well, track nine. Yeah, track nine is incredible. I can't wait for if I've you, never heard that song. It's so great. I want to hear more. Uh, it's <laughs> it's the best. Okay, let's let's just stop talking about it. This is Al's mixtape. Uh, also known as the self-flagellating free-for-all or yes. a mixtape of masturbatory proportions. Yeah. So, uh, well, you guys have fun jumping from fucking lily pad to lily pad on this one.
Mr. Blastow and Mr. Partridge They said to me To get a mortgage You need an income letter I thought it was free Summer rain, trying to catch the evening train and kill that old familiar pain. Weaving through my tangled brain, but when I tipped my bottle back, I smacked into a cop I didn't see. That police man said, Mr. Cool, if you ain't drunk, then you're a fool. I said, if that's against the law, tell me why I never saw a man locked in that jail of yours who wasn't just as low down towards me. Well, that was when someone turned out the lights. And I wound up in jail to spend the night and dream of all the wine and lonely girls in this Best of all possible worlds 
Well, I woke up next morning feeling like my head was gone And like my thick old tongue was licking something sick and wrong And I told that man I'd sell my soul Something wet and cold is that old cell That kindly jailer grinned at me All eating up his sympathy Then poured himself another beer And came and whispered in my ear If booze was just a dime a bottle Boy, you couldn't even buy the smell I said I knew there was something I liked about this town But it takes more than that to bring me down, down, down Cause there's still a lot of wine and lonely girls in this best of all possible worlds Well, they finally came and told me They wasn't gonna set me free And I'd be leaving town if I knew what was good for me I said it's nice to learn that everybody's so concerned about my health I said I won't be leaving no more quicker than I can Cause I've enjoyed about as much of this as I can stand And I don't need this town of yours more than I never needed nothing else Cause there's still a lot of drinks that I ain't drunk Lots of pretty thoughts that I ain't thunk, oh yeah Lord, there's still so many lonely girls In this best of all possible worlds Apocalypse 
Dude, what a mixtape, man. What I don't know if we can say what a mixtape. I one. love it. It's weird. Yeah, it's um, weird. It's definitely, again, more jarring than yours is, which makes me feel super insecure about my mixtape. No, that's pretty cool, man. I, I was hoping for some jarring shit. You know, I, maybe mine wasn't jarring enough. No, it, some jarring it, moments, it had but. some jarring stuff, definitely. But my cuts were jarring because they weren't so expertly planned as yours because i, I feel went, like it seemed like you planned it pretty you jarred us the most right off the bat that's very true yes <laughs> and it never got that jarring again so speaking of off the bat should we just get into this okay okay so we start kind of like you did like a big kind of pianistic like ode to something right you know from a great album from right around the turn of the century track one track one but and couldn't be more different couldn't fish be more or different. spooner fisher spooner ladies and gentlemen and if you don't know fisher spooner it's one word and i would recommend listening to their debut record it's just called number one and you and i were talking about this before it's, we started yeah. the pod you liked track three off of this emerge. record yeah. emerge which was i think the single and was pretty popular in clubs at the time it was the first time i did cocaine um i listened to emerge that all makes night. that actually makes a lot of sense yeah it um, very it felt very of the time yeah and uh, looking back that track that you heard Number one on my mixtape, track one on the mixtape is called Sweetness. It's and a wild too. And that that's the first song on number one. That's the first song. What a I mean, I feel like they had the same intention you did with this mixtape. Definitely. By starting things off with this jarring Which left is of center. Why I had to put it on there. Because as we were talking, we we're you know, it's good to start with something kind of conceptually lofty mm. or overreaching. Or, you know, just something to, like, make your point of what this mixtape is going to sound like. Right. And I think I did a pretty good job putting that I there. do. Yes, definitely. Also, I'm always looking for a play. Like, a couple of these tunes, I listen to them so much, and I'm always just looking to talk about them. Right. And so, that's what a, a mixtape gives you a great opportunity to do that. And I feel like that's why I put this tune on there, because I listen to the song at least once a week. It's great. It's it's a great way to start it off in a really jarring, unsuspecting way. Unsuspecting. Also, they took Fisher Spooner at the time in two thousand three took Electro Clash, you know, which is a genre that is bygone at this point, right. but was very popular at the time. Uh -huh. That was at the tail end of Electro Clash, but they did something that Ladytron and other groups alike weren't really doing, and that's as you so 
accurately put it, they made Electro Clash dangerous. Also annoying. Very annoying. You know, yeah. and, and and that's not a bad thing necessarily. I mean, no. look at the Prodigy, you know. Like I think when you say annoying, be... you mean like also even more like repetitious. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah. prove a point, to drive something Like even home. even an Emerge, there's like the song has a, has a the song fades in. Right. And then there's this one click. Beep. Yeah. yeah there's a beep. That's uh-huh. what it is. Yep. And it's so loud. It's so annoying. It's full volume. Exactly. And every time you're like, why... Why do they do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like this rec- this Fisher Spooner record number one kind of sounds like you're looking at a Warhol. Yeah. You're like, why why am I attracted to this? Because I know that it's so like so egotistical. Like, why am I listening to this when this is such an egotistical piece? Mm. But it does well in being aware of that and bridging that gap between the listener and enjoying it by like really inundating you with a lot of, again, artistic concepts. Yeah. So we keep the attitude going a Mm -hmm. little bit. I don't really bring it down. No, you don't bring it down, but you don't explode with this next one. I don't explode. You don't blow your wad. I wanted to bring it down just a little bit, but I didn't want to bring it down too much. So I put in the second song you heard, that swaggering... UK, you know, pseudo punk song that you heard at number two. Oh, who gives less of a fuck than than Marky e. Smith? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the fall for those of you who are unfamiliar with them. They're a, 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 just one of the bigger, more important punk influences or post punk influences from the UK. Uh, this is from a later record. This was uh, called. This record was called Country on the Click, and this record was actually from two thousand three. No way. Yeah, this was a 2003 wreck. Wow. Um, um, I, yeah, I was not familiar with this song. I'm not terribly familiar with The Fall. They've although had... I, I obviously do and like them. Of course. Marky e. Smith is one of those dudes, and The Fall as a group are one of those groups that have put out a lot of bad records. A lot of really, really bad records. Right. And Marky e. Smith was really like kind of hit or miss with some of those later records. But this record, Country on the Click, 2003, rips. Wow. Um, okay. And Mountain Energy... So your first two songs are from the same year. Yeah. Actually, I think I've got another couple from around that time, too. Okay. Um, The standout line from the Falls Mountain Energy for me, though, is Dolly Parton and Lord Byron said patriotism is the last refuge, and now it's me. And I fucking love wow. that. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I know. I didn't even right. catch that. Yeah, keeping the attitude going. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. And then I confuse everybody. Mm, really give it a twist. Really give it a twist there. But, but an owl twist. I, this, this twist could only be done by could, the overly <laughs> verbose southern tinge <laughs> Coachella veteran. That one dude who played Coachella that one time. Um, I put... It, it was either, it's always either John Prine or Chris Christopherson. For I me. expected one or the other, yeah. All, either one of those, and there's always one of them, but I chose Chris Christopherson's Best of All Possible Worlds off of his uh, eponymous uh, first album, Christopherson, in 1970. Wow. Um, it's a good turn, though. I like the way that... And it brings up the energy a bit. Totally different feel to the whole thing. You don't know what you're going to get. It's also a little boot scooting, too. It is. You know, it's not like a sad country song. No, it's, I got myself up and I had a dance. Yeah. And it's about him, you know, 
hitting a cop car while he's drinking, which sounds really familiar. No, I even thought when I heard this, I'm like, did Float On riff this off? <laughs> like, did Isaac hear Christofferson? And right. was like, I'm going to do my own version of, yeah. of this song. What's funny is like this song, I've always been a huge fan of this song. Uh, and as you know, and I think as I've talked about on the pod, it's coming up on my four-year sauce-lessness anniversary. Yes. Um, but I quit drinking when I hit a cop car when right. I was blackout drunk. <laughs> and... This the line in the Christofferson tune is when I tip my bottle back, I smacked into a cop I didn't see. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. And then later in that verse, he says, and that's when one that's when someone turned out the lights and I woke up in jail to spend the night. So art imitates life right. sometimes. Wow. Um and So this one this one's close to you. It's real close to home. Okay. Yeah. So it means to, more than the just the mixtape. Pieces of me by Ashley Simpson. By Ashley yeah, Simpson. By Ashley Simpson. That's <laughs> the title of your mixtape. <laughs> Um, okay, and then we bring it. Uh, I don't know if this is bringing it down per se. It's bringing the heat up. It's bringing the heat up in a completely different way because yeah. track four, which like is in a sauna heat, as we were as we were talking about, track four is important, and we come in so fucking hot with those V lines, mm. those sexy those ab V uh, lines, and of course, it's the one and only D'Angelo with Devil's Pie off of 2000's Voodoo. Ooh, you even said that sexy. Ooh, Voodoo. And Voodoo is one of the greatest neo-soul, you know, power funk hip-hop records of all time. So then things get really weird. The shortest song on this record, I believe. off of... On Avery Island, yes. the the lesser of the known Neutral Milk Hotel records. Yes. Um, but this song, You've Passed... It's a great song. ...is so cool. It's, it's like... It's, yeah, it's one of the best songs it's, on, on Avery Island. It's like Ravi, it's like Ravi Shankar uh, hits a fucking meth pipe and starts journaling. <laughs> That's what this song feels like to me. That sounds like a lot of Neutral Milk Hotel. I just love this song. I love You've Passed by Neutral Milk Hotel. It's a great song. It might be one of actually my favorite Neutral Milk Hotel songs. Um, also, I've been dealing with a lot of like near death right. from a family member this year. And this song has been really cathartic to me. So yeah. I wanted to put it on this list. Now, the only problem with this song is that on the record, it transitions immediately into another song. So it ends midline so abruptly. But it's kind of perfect because this is the end of your side A. It is the, so the end of the side like A. A sudden cut. Into track six, mm -hmm. which is David Bowie's Ashes to Ashes. Off of 1980s Scary Monsters. Now, now we're talking. And I feel like the way we started our side beads were similar. Definitely. In attitude. You know what oh, I'm saying? Oh, yeah, for like sure. This, this song, now is it, this is from... Scary Monsters. Scary Monsters. Yeah, yeah. Scary Monsters. Yeah, 1980, which was a weird record. A very weird record. The only other song you would even notice or remember from Scary Monsters um, is Fashion. That was the right. only other, I think, advanced single. I don't know this album well, it's but I know very, this song. I love this song. It's my favorite Bowie song. Is it? It is. And okay. I celebrate most of his catalog. Mm -hmm. There's some <laughs> stuff that, like, reality was weird. Like, there's a couple of later, like, 90s Bowie records that weren't the best. Right. Um, but this is definitely my favorite because of his lyricisms. I really love the lyrics in this tune. Um, also, the bass, although it is really kind of funky and poppy, smothered in chorus, mm -hmm. which I, uh, that's like- Oh, I'm gonna, bass chorus is 
Dude, this is the best. you're going to bury me with a bass and a bass chorus pedal. Like that's going to, that's going in my coffin because those are the only two things I want to take to the afterlife. I need more specifics. I need to know what chorus pedal, because I, I, I feel like that I could put you in there with a small stone and you'd be like, oh, no, no, I don't want a fucking See, small stone. See, exactly. <laughs> I need more uh, information. I want an, oh, okay. So this is what I want in my coffin. I want a 95 blonde maple fret fender P bass MIJ made in Japan. I thought you didn't fuck with P bass. I do fuck with P bass. I don't fuck with J bass. Okay. And as long as it's made in Japan from the 90s, I'll play it mm-hmm. as far as Fender goes. And I want an old 80s, like a 1983 Orion chorus pedal. Jeez, that's, that's what I want. And there's there are two models. There's one with a DB boost and there's one without. I want the DB boost. Best I can do is the Keeley Super Chorus. No, that's not what I want. <laughs> I will come back and haunt your fucking ass, dude. <laughs> So had to put some Bowie there, um, and I feel like that brings the energy back up a little bit. You know, we've had, it really does. We had some some sultriness from D'Angelo, and then we had you know Neutral Milk Hotel singing about death, um, and then we kind of get into this weird dr- Bowie drug trip, mm-hmm. which is pretty necessary. Oh, I love it for to bring this energy back up. But after that, this is where I want to talk to you. This is where things get. Really weird. Because please tell me about your track seven. I have uh, never heard this song. You haven't? In, no, I don't think so. Uh, yes, you have, and I'll tell I you where you have like, heard okay, it. In a 90s movie? You're a Gaspar Noé fan, right? Uh, unfortunately. Did you watch Climax? Yes, uh, I left the theaters three times because I thought I was going to puke. It is the most unnerving thing you've ever seen in your life. That actually might be one of the more frightening horror movies I think I've One of the best seen. movies I've ever seen. Okay, so you remember the opening scene before things get bad when it's basically credits are rolling and they're doing oh, that. Oh, before they give that child acid? Acid in the punch, yeah. Um, when they're doing the choreographed dance scene. Yes, beautiful, amazing. That's, okay, so this song, that's this that's song. This song. Okay. And this song is by a French disco producer from the 70s and 80s by the name of Cerrone. That's um, how you say it, Cerrone. Cerrone. And this song is called Supernature. Um, this is an old song that's been reworked by Cerrone a few different times, and this is a later mix. This mix that's actually... That's so cool that that's what it's from. Now I love it. Yes, dude. And <laughs> you love the tune too, though, right? It's I mean, really yeah, it's incredible. Funny. It was just such a wild so thing weird. to encounter right, in the yeah. middle of this mixtape. Because I imagine, you know, you in your apartment in Highland Park by yourself, like you described... Cooking this, eggs. This, yeah. But cooking eggs to this and yeah. maybe dancing with, you know, uh-huh. yourself tucked or something. I don't know. I don't, Would you fuck me? <laughs> yeah. It's I'd very... It's, me. it's got a little bit of that vibe to Definitely. it. Definitely. <laughs> um, well, I really, I guess I'm going to out myself here. You know, we were talking about Pieces of Me by Ashley Simpson uh, and bits of my brain and like me trying to like force my personality into this mixtape. I really like European disco from the 70s and 80s. No, that's fine. I just really love it. No, I'm glad I know that about you. Yeah. So Also, we've mentioned Pieces of Me by Ashley Simpson on at least four or five podcasts. (laughs) That's too many. Well, I said I brought pieces of me in, and, and you just started it, dude. This is long the form. The first comedy. time we talked about that song was on Best Bridges. Really? Because we were talking about the how bridge great of that a bridge song. it was. Uh, anyways, that song is called Supernature by Cerrone, and I would recommend that all of you out there who just heard that listen to it time and time again because it's a really feel good disco tune. It was feel good, yeah. And nice. uh, people like Cerrone. Speaking of Daft Punk. Paved the way for Daft Punk. Right. Like he it was. It felt like that Giorgio Moroder. Exactly. Or like, he, you know. So basically, Cerrone happened right before Moroder, 
and Marauder just totally outshined him. Right. So he was kind of left in the dust a little bit. Gotcha. Uh, but they were of the same ilk, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we keep it going. Track eight, as you said so astutely yesterday, our track eights really give us away. Yeah. You get you go you groan and go Wilco and I groan and go New, new order. order huh Al yeah. predictable Al and your fucking New Order obsession no yeah. yeah New Order those guitars sound great guys <laughs> right your single note picking is really cool dude like really it sounds really in tune really <laughs> you son of a bitch no I like New Order and and of course as soon as the song start like a cat my wife is just like. <gasps> Is this, this Al's mixtape? Yeah, no, like, she loves New Order just I do as too. much as you. And, and also, this, so song, this song is so great. This it is, is a cool song. This is New Order, uh, or what you just heard was Love Vigilantes, uh, and that's off of 1985's Low Life. Um, definitely one of the cooler New Order songs, and definitely one of the ones that don't get as much play. You know, you always hear Blue Monday. Right. You always hear Temptation. It's 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 a good reminder of how much more they can do than that. For sure. You know? yeah. yeah. And this song's really melodic and it's sweet. You know, yeah. it's it's kind of it's a love tune about mm-hmm. some dude coming home from war. Mm-hmm. And then I think you have a question about this tune. <laughs> yes, tell me about Cody Chestnut. <laughs> who sounds like a country star. Uh he does. And so okay, so By I name not okay. yeah. Uh, Cody Chestnut was one of those artists that I had heard of and seen, and actually didn't listen to for a very long time because Devlin McCluskey, lead singer and guitar yeah. player of the Dead Ships, massive Cody Chestnut fan. Okay, so Devlin would be playing this record, which was called the Headphone Masterpiece. Um, he would be playing this record all tour and I'd be like, this shit sucks. But deep down inside, I was really starting to like it. Right. Um, and then it grew on me much later in life. Like after I had departed from the group, I started listening to this record and this record's insane. Uh, Cody Chestnut was living in a laundry room of a friend's place. Uh, he was jobless. He was broke. He was homeless. Um, He was not really an accomplished musician at all at that time, but he decided to track. I think this record is like 36 songs. Is this Uh, like his only album? It's his first. Okay. And it went on to win Grammys and be accepted by Lauryn Hill. And like just out of nowhere, this dude named Cody Chestnut records this really like salacious licentious tune or this record like the the concepts are really sexual and you can hear a lot of his like suppression and depression in this record it was a really vulnerable record yeah but it's kind of upbeat and sunny too it is very it has sunny moments but it's got really dark moments too and he called it the headphone masterpiece because he recorded all of these songs in this laundry room and just mixed them on headphones yeah um, and again, yeah. it ended up becoming like a triple platinum release that no one. It was reminds expecting. me kind of a new school of some of that singer songwriter, uh, but still hip hop soul. Absolutely, like, uh, yeah. Steve Lacey, or even like Rex Orange County, or some mm-hmm. of that kind of like sunny vibe, but like kind of more depression lyrics really dark and introspective but like incredibly vulnerable of where he was coming from at the time it was a total surprise as a as your penultimate but kind of did the same thing my prince track did so uh yeah smooth it out a little bit i just brought it down just a little bit and also not as flashy as my penultimate yeah i don't know the whole thing is magical 
Um, and this, it's just such a weird tune. I had to put it on there. Another song where I'm like, God, I really want to talk about Cody Chestnut right now, but I have no avenue. I have no avenue to talk about (laughs) Cody Chestnut, and I can't just bring it up. Um, and then I'm like, make me a mixtape, Al. And I, it's just Cody Chestnut and Cerrone, and yeah. And then of course you're ending. Well, it's Saturday night. I said I definitely me and me and the wife were like of course. Of course. In a good way. In a good way. Okay, so uh now that we're back on the boss since mm-hmm. we missed so much Bruce Springsteen press that I we haven't we would, talked I about. I knew we'd come back. I here. had to bring him up in the great return episode because again, in lieu of talking about all of his press, we're just going to or we just did listen to one of his best songs. Um That is a good song. It's and- Incredible. And guys, uh, if you liked that one, that was Bruce Springsteen. It's called Tougher Than the Rest. And that was off of 1987's Tunnel of Love, which was the record after Born in the USA. Uh, I was wondering where that was. In the discog. Yeah. Uh, Quite frankly, and I hate saying this, Tunnel of Love is his worst record. (laughs) I was Um, wondering because the album cover looked pretty bad. It's so bad. And this is track two on Tunnel of Love. Wow. And so you get through the first song and you're like, okay, boss, like that was good, but that wasn't that good. And then you hit Tougher Than the Rest um, and you're like, holy shit, what else does this record have in store for me? And it's basically garbage from there on out. There's a couple of selects on there, nothing that you would recognize or notice uh, because I believe this might have been the only single off yeah, of the record. The cover screams like 299. It's so ben, bad, dude. Like, it's it's really He's got bad. a bolo tie on. He's got a bolo tie. He's lining he's he's leaning up against a classic white car. Yeah. The record's called Tunnel of Love. <laughs> if that doesn't give you everything you need Is that to sexual? know. I don't know. I it has to be. You think it's a euphemism for <laughs> What else could it be? Tunnel of Love. Uh well, yeah, it's it's definitely not about like a highway underpass. It's like remember that tunnel that we fell in love in? Yeah, you I don't. No think one so. falls in love in a tunnel. Yeah, you yeah. have to drive through it. You can't even stop. I don't know. Either way, it's a bad record. It's about a hole. It's about a hole. <laughs> but this song is, I, dude. It's just so triumphant. I really yeah. love. It's a great way to end this playlist. It's bold. It's super and, bold, you know, and it's it, also really synthy. Yeah. You know, like he was kind of continuing that like real heavy synth drench type of approach that he did on Born in the USA, mm-hmm. um, and this is really toned down. This is one it of feels his, like it could have been on Born in the USA. Totally, like, I it even could have think, ended that. I feel like it was part of those sessions and just made the next right. record. Um, because maybe the next record was lacking a single, which right. it is minus this song. But this is one of the. And uh, people out there know too much about us now. I think we've talked about this, but people know how much of a Springsteen fan I am. Yeah. And this is definitely in my top three. I expected some boss. I expected some sure. New Order. Yep. Expected a country song. There you go. Not all three. Hey, hey, you know the one thing you didn't get? A killer song. Oh, man. I was so fuss. worried that Jenny, as a friend of mine, was going to start this thing off. Wow. Okay. Well, I think the return has started. I feel I feel like we started a little rusty trombone-ish, and mm-hmm. now we're getting into kind of classic Cam and Al, will they, won't they, yeah. sexual tension. <laughs> um, 
I, I feel like we've really jogged ourselves. Again. Yeah, I mean, well, we listen to a lot of music. So there. much music. But it feels good. I'm excited to be back in this. It does I'm, feel good to good be to back. to see you in person. Oh, my God. It feels so great to uh, have that. You know, tell me again a little bit about the glory days and we'll, we'll So next episode, it. we're going to be talking about a lot of local bands from our favorite era. You and I get to choose between what year and what year we want to talk about. It could be anything like 2009, 2019, whatever. But it has to be bands we've either shared the stage with, been very good friends with, uh, been on bills with. A lot of and a lot of these groups are still around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but we're going to be sharing memories and anecdotes. It's the glory days. It's the glory days. Um, it's going to be a really exciting episode because you and I get to talk about some things that we haven't had in a while, such as that type of camaraderie. Right. We get to play some tunes from that era that still stand the test of time that 100%. all of our friends wrote, uh, that came out at varying times within varying degrees of success, but how they had an impact on us and how much we miss those times, how much we miss the shows and the stages and the parties and the hangs and all of that. So oh, I'm going to bring some good stuff. Oh dude, I can't wait. Oh, I'm I've already actually I basically already got my list. Oh man, I'm excited. Well, thank you for enjoying this mixtape because I know you enjoyed it because our tastes are both not good. <sighs> impeccable. Yeah, so thank you for um, you're lucky you got to hear it. So lucky. <laughs> thank you. Just kidding. We're very earnestly amazed that you stuck around this. Hey, time. dude, nice mixtape. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. I, I made all those songs. <laughs> but yeah, uh, stay tuned for the glory days next time. Thanks for being here for the return. Goat parade out? No, that's not my job to say that. You're supposed to say it, so say it right now. Oh, man, the future is the past. I don't know. I think you say it say now. It. No, no, I can't say it. You're the host. You say it now. No, I don't want to say, it. say I, it. Dude, you better say it. We're going to be here arguing about say it all day. Can I do a cam impersonation? Yes, please. All right. Goat parade out. Goat parade out.